is a Woodside Church podcast. It's lovely to see you all here today. And today I have been given the privilege of concluding the series that we have been doing on Proverbs, which I hope you have benefited from as much as I have. So one woman went to the doctor and said, Doctor, I have a huge problem, and that is my husband. When I'm at home, he's always angry, stroppy, and he always has this short temper, and it makes me very sad, and I don't like it. The doctor says, I have a solution. Whenever you're at home, take a glass of water like this and swish it around in your mouth. I would give a demo. <laughs> like that. Don't swallow it like I have just now, but just keep swishing it and swishing it until your husband either calms down or he leaves the room. Two weeks later, the woman comes to the doctor and, he, and she says, Doctor, you've done an amazing idea. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Whenever I took the glass of water and swished it and swished it around in my mouth, he calmed right down. And the doctor simply, and she asked, how does a glass of water do this? And the doctor replies, it's got nothing to do with the water. It's keeping your mouth shut. That does the trick. I hope you got that cringy joke just now. Not like me, but you move on. So you must have guessed it now. Today, I will be talking on the topic of the hot-headed and the patient, but not a hospital, a hospital patient. I'm not quite sure why I was chosen particularly to speak on this topic, and whether it's because I'm patient or hot-headed. But looking at me, obviously it's because I'm impatient, right? I'm not sure if my mum would agree on that. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, as we have learned, Proverbs is a book of godly wisdom useful for our day-to-day -day life. And I am trusting God today that we will learn something new. And just before I start, I would like to pray. If we can all fix our eyes on God at this moment. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name. Amen. In today's preach, we are not learning something new. As we all know, we should not be hot-headed, but patient, right? But what we are going to learn is how do we achieve this? For example, when I, say, when I see someone angry, I say, calm down, calm down, cool, relax. But the, the easy thing is, the other person doesn't even calm down or relax. But the point, and in this preach, we are going to focus on that side of the picture. To achieve this, I'll be looking into three points. Those three points are, what is the world's view on being patient and hot-headed? What is the biblical view on that? And finally, how do we develop patience? Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. My voice, <laughs> cool. Now, let's look at the world view and what happens in our day-to-day -day life. We are intentionally not looking at dictionary definitions but a lame man understanding about hot-headed and patience. Because for me, I'm not a dictionary person. I hate English as a subject in school. How many of you here don't like English? Raise your hands. <laughs> Maybe it's because of the marks, but we move on. More so, I like very simple, easy to understand words. 
So now, we're going to interact a bit. Can some of you here shout out what are the commonly used words, slangs, we use for someone who is hot-headed? Anyone? Yeah? So, so? Rage. Rage, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Any, anyone else? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the words that came to my mind were cranky, stroppy, moody, mad, short-tempered, and overreact. For example, when I say mum and dad are mad, we like to think they are angry, right? Or when I say this person is stroppy, we think that this person is not in a good mood, he is moody, and therefore he must be angry. Now, let's move on to patience. What would we call someone who is patient? Composed, calm, cool as a cucumber, easygoing, relaxed. Now we have those words ticking in our heads about everyday words we use interchangeably to describe hot-headedness and patience. Let's see day-to-day -day examples where we encountered these emotions. Here are some pictures we have on the screen, and as we can see on the top left, we have parents really getting annoyed when children don't listen to them. And guess what? My mum has never been in such a situation. <laughs> but every five minutes, I don't understand why she goes, Joshua, you can't be serious. Or you must be joking. <laughs> How many times have I told you blah, blah, blah? And you know what the best thing is? I don't think there's even anything wrong with me. <laughs> The next example, which I believe and I know is very common, especially for my generation now, which I can't live without, and when there is no Wi-Fi. <laughs> On the top right, we have Monday morning traffic. Here, we have people jumping the queues in, at school dinner or in the supermarkets. Here, we have when someone jokes at your expense. And lastly, even unanswered prayers. Moving on to examples of patience. Where do we often hear this word? Oh, thank you so much for your patience. It's when we call any customer service and the phone attendant says this to us. To be honest, do they really mean it? No, they are just trained to do so. Other examples are when teachers are patient with their students, yes. In the shops, when you patiently wait and kindly let someone to go in front of you. And when we don't react when someone swears at us. And finally, Patiently praying without giving up. Patiently praying for years without giving up. These are all examples relatable to us, isn't it? And very true in our daily lives. Jokes apart, now we get to the important thing. The first question to ask ourselves and discover is, what makes us lose our temper? What are the underlying factors that makes us lose our temper? Firstly, we all have this thing called ego. And when our ego is being touched, we don't like it. Secondly, negative comparison and criticism. When we see someone get better or do better in life, better than us, we see envy come into action. We get frustrated and lose our temper. We struggle very much so to take negative criticism. Also, we lose our temper when we can't wait. The world is striving to get everything quicker, 
food quickly, jobs quickly, money transfer faster. We don't want to queue anywhere. We want everything instantaneously to completely eradicate waiting. And because when the time comes when we need to wait, we get very frustrated and it's near, near impossible to not. Lastly, when things don't go the way we want. Everything is me focused now and I am the most important person in this world. It's all about what I like, what I'm comfortable with. And when this doesn't happen, we lose our temper. Now we looked at the worldview, what do we learn from this? If I am hot-headed, according to me, I always have a good reason to be hot-headed. But to others, they don't like me and they want to maintain a distance from me. Patience is always connected to kindness. When I am patient, people always think that I am kind and they in turn want to hang out with me as it benefits me and them. But according to me, I am taking time to process things. Now, the important bit. Now, let's look at the biblical view, as that is where our solutions are found. Anger is always seen as a problem or a negative emotion to have, right? But the Bible teaches us that there's two types of anger, righteous anger and unrighteous anger. Anger against sin, social evil, injustice, discrimination, abuse is all righteous acts of anger and God approves of it. Righteous anger leads to disciplining, bringing justice, peace, and builds the community. In this preach, we are not going to be looking at righteous anger, but the biblical view on unrighteous anger, which is hot-headedness. We are going to unpack this a bit more with regards to emotions, outcomes, and fruit of. Firstly, emotions. Hot-headedness is an emotion which dishonors God and is a sinful act. Let's read the Bible together. Proverbs 29, 11 says, Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. I have a remote control here, and as long as I have this thing in my hand, I'm in control of things, right? I can control what I want to watch, what I want to play. But the Bible clearly teaches us that hot-headed people hand this control over to their emotions and allowing, to take, uh, allowing emotions to take control is dangerous. Why? Because now emotions control my thought process. When emotions say, shout, I shout. When it says, curse, I curse. When it says, be violent, I am violent. When emotions hold the control, two things can happen. We either become spewers or bottlers. Spewers are people who expel out their anger there and then, either through words or actions. They scream, they say negative words, they swear, they break things, they show fingers. Bottlers, on the other hand, like to bottle up their anger and let it burn within. They think expelling out is so wrong, so they keep it well within, and in that way, it gets rid of the problem, right? But sadly, it doesn't. Bottlers, um, sorry, but others around, they keep it secretive and fight it all alone. But others around think it's everything is all right. But it's, to us, it's like storing toxic waste. We keep piling it up, piling it up, and at one point, when it crosses a threshold, everything comes out in one go, affecting everyone around. Bottlers suffer from unforgiveness, jealousy, hatred and bitterness. 
Let's pause for a minute. How many of us can relate to these two things? Are you a spewer or a bottler? The important thing is spewers and bottlers don't handle this correctly. The right thing to do is to detoxify. We will be looking at this in a short while. Now, let's read Proverbs 16.32. It is better to be patient than powerful, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. It is very clear that patient people don't give their control away to their emotions, but hold it back and they control their emotions. How do they do it? With wisdom, they don't rush into things, and they try to understand what the situation is and why the situation arised in the first place. They apply self-control, they hold their anger, tongue from speaking negative things, and they hold their mind from thinking negative thoughts. <coughs> Next, we are going to look at outcomes. Let's read Psalms 37, 8. Stop being angry, turn from your rage, do not lose your temper, it only leads to harm. As we have seen earlier, hot-headed people are always self-focused. It comes out of selfish love for oneself. Hot-headedness always causes big-time damage to people. We hurt others' feelings and sometimes physically too. Don't forget, we also cause damage to ourselves, especially our health. Research shows that in major cases, unforgiveness, bitterness, and grudges are main reasons for ill health. Obviously, hot-headedness also damages relationships with family, friends, society, and most importantly, it affects our relationship with God. Hot-headedness leads to unrighteousness and sinful acts such as gossiping, irrational behaviour, lies, and most importantly, fuels people to take revenge. Now, let's look at patience. Let's read 1 Corinthians 34, saying, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Patience comes out of love. Love for God, and in turn, love for others. When I think about patience and love, the greatest example I can think of is Jesus and the ultimate patience he has done to put up with us. How many times have we gone against God, been disobedient to him, yet he still chose to be patient with us, love us and forgive us? Patience leads to restoration. It restores mental and physical health of people. Most importantly, it restores relationships. Just as we have seen, it restores our relationship with God and others. Patience leads to righteousness. We begin to be kind to one another, which eventually leads to forgiveness. Forgiveness aids to good health. Moving on, let's look at fruit of. You may be wondering what this means. Well, let's read Galatians 5, 19 to 20. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, and the list goes on. 
It is very clear here that outbursts of anger, which is hot-headedness, is a fruit of our sinful nature, fruit of the flesh. The Bible teaches us that we are all born sinners into this world, so we all have this natural tendency to sin. Our desires are naturally corrupted with this ungodly nature. And one of the effects is hot-headedness. On the other hand, Galatians 5, 22-23 goes on to say, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Patience is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is not a natural thing. But this is a supernatural ability that results because of the work of the Holy Spirit being in us, working within us, empowering us, helping us. Our corrupted nature is now set right with God's nature through the Holy Spirit. And now hence, we have supernatural desires of God's nature. We cannot get this by our own. We need the Holy Spirit, our helper. You see, unlike humility, generosity, diligence, patience is not a choice we make, but instead it is a product to be developed. Now this, that brings us onto the vital part of the preach. How do we develop patience? We can develop patience by cultivating it and by managing anger. To understand this even better, let's read from John 15, 4-5. Okay, why don't we all read this together, right? I'm going to read it slowly and you can all join in. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. <clears throat> so because patience is a fruit, we said, cultivate this fruit. But how do we do this? If you are the gardener, cultivating a plant makes sense, right? You feed it nutrients, you water it, you give it enough sunlight, and you protect it, and so on. We just read that we are not the gardener, but we are the branches. How can we, being a branch, cultivate ourselves? We are something like that on the picture. Let me explain it to you. And now here's where the plants come in. I've got two plants of the same kind. Imagine these are two grapevines. This plant produces fruit which doesn't taste good, sour and not pleasing to the eye. Whereas this plant produces the same fruit but tastes so good, sweet and pleasing to the eye. This is hot-headedness. This is patience. What can we do to make this fruit better? We cut this branch from this vine and graft it onto the good vine. We make a slit on the main vine and then insert the branch into the slit and seal it tightly so that after some time the slit heals and a new branch catches life by becoming one with the main vine. This is our story. We are branches grafted onto Jesus, the true vine, and Father God is the vine dresser. 
Being a grafted branch, how do we cultivate ourselves? We put in our full effort to actively absorb life, all the nutrients and water from the main vine. Soon, we will begin to bear fruit that is on the main vine. Tasty, sweet, and pleasing to the eye. Father God, being the vine dresser, helps us to bear much fruit by pruning us. So how does this look in real life for us? We can cultivate patience by actively investing our time, energy, and resources in learning God's word, praying, and serving one another. While we do this, Father the vine dresser prunes us. Jesus is the true vine, and he is our source of goodness. Holy Spirit helps us thrive in this. Now, about managing anger. Let's read Colossians 3, 8 to 10. Again, let's just, let us read it together, but slowly. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. It is very clear here that it is our own responsibility to counteract our bad temper. In Romans 8, it says, Through the power of resurrection that is at work in us, now we have no obligation to follow our sinful emotions, but instead act in accordance or in line with the Spirit. Romans 6 to 6 goes to the extent of saying we are no longer slaves to sin. So let us put in our sincere efforts. And the verses we read also teaches us that renewal is a process and we are in the process of being renewed each day. So don't lose heart with setbacks. We all struggle at times, but keep persevering without giving up. The other key practical steps to manage anger is identifying the root cause and the underlying attitudes and deal with it, deal with it to detoxify. For example, how to deal with losing our temper when stuck in traffic. We lose our temper because we are going to be late somewhere or we are going to miss something. So how do we do, deal with this? Very simple. Try to leave somewhere in good time. Try to start your journey in good time. So if it's going to take us half an hour to be somewhere, let's leave one hour early. Many a times our anger is because of hurt and unforgiveness. At this point, let us remind ourselves that we are no better than them as we need the same forgiveness from Jesus as much as the other person. Even in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Sometimes it is not easy at which point we seek help and pray with one another. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So church, let us cultivate patience and manage our anger. I'm going to hand over to Hudson Uncle now.
He did an amazing job, didn't he? Yeah. Well done. So good, really, really good, very helpful, even as we prepared together and prayed together. One thing I asked Josh as we were praying yesterday together, uh, I says, Josh, what do you want to happen in our church through the word of God? And uh, he just, uncle, I feel we need the transformation of our heart, right? And uh, that's what I'm gonna be. Just thing. I'm not going to say anything. He said everything. Very simple. Let's cultivate patience. Let's manage anger with this. I want to focus on transformation. Transformation comes firstly from knowledge, understanding. You know something, okay? You didn't know. You know it. And then you apply it in your life. That's the two things that happens. We've heard so much. I loved this analogy of grafting, right? This fruit here, it's all with, what to say, worms and all that. It's gone, it's off, it's rubbish. But when you cut a branch of this and graft it onto this one, now the fruit that comes out of it becomes an effect of the main vine. We have been grafted into Jesus. This is knowledge, right? That's exactly what came in the worship time as well. We are called children of God, not because of our efforts, not because of who we are, but because of who we are grafted into, right? And we are children of God. We are people like that sinner on the cross is saying, I'm here, I am here, because the cross, the guy on the middle cross said, I can come, right? And that is our story, and because of this, <coughs> We need to understand we have no obligation to fall for the temptations. We have no obligation to follow our old sinful nature, but now we are free and redeemed to absolutely take control. Where's the control? Where's the control? Where's the yeah. <laughs> take control of the situation and hold things together. In this, I just felt, I just felt um, as I was praying with regards to this preach, you know, when he meant about cultivating patience, right? Actively, actively, um, what to say, putting in all our effort to absorb all the goodness from the vine. You are grafted in here. Imagine you're not doing anything to absorb anything of the, the goodness from this vine, the nutrients, the, the minerals in there, the water in there. Okay? It's not going to help. It's not going to help. It is our quiet time. It's our personal time with God. Our Bible reading time. Our meditation. Our worship time. Personal. I'm talking about personal, okay? Our prayer time with God. If that is not set right, I'm really sorry. Unfortunately, we will have to face a lot of things in life. Very simple, church. Very simple. If our quiet time, our cultivating time, is not right, then that is the reason why we are going through or we are doing things wrong. Okay, many a time this is the reason for our trouble. You might be thinking it is the others. I'm fine, it's the others. I'm okay, it's the others. No, no, 
We read a verse which says, we learn more about the Creator and we are renewed like Him into His likeness. That is who we are. We are in the making of becoming like Jesus, each and every one of us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Right? So we are to actively, actively cultivate the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. Second thing is, I feel there's a lot of underlying buried issues that we haven't come out with. I think God wants to deal with it today. God wants to deal with it today here. Right? If you're suffering from hurt, if you're suffering from bitterness, if you're suffering from, you know what, ah, ah, I've had enough. There is something underlying in your heart. Okay? Let us, in the light of the Holy Spirit, bring it out. We're going to spend some time. We've got plenty of time. Thank God, George, you finished early, bro. Yeah? It's only quarter past. We're going to spend some time in prayer now. If you want to pray in groups, we can pray in groups. If you want to find someone and pray with someone, do that now. What time? If you want to come forward. Yeah, Mona was there and say, Mona, no. If anyone wants to come forward for prayer as well, we're more than happy to help you with that. But you can even pray from wherever you are. Right? Just deal with this with God now. The Holy Spirit is so kind. He understands. He understands what you have gone through. He understands that you have been hurt. He understands if it was not fair, he does understand. He knows it. Okay? The only person who can heal it is Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, he will fill you with his love. Set it right today. Set it right today. One of the other verses that we were discussing while we were preaching is that it's so, so shocking. You know, somebody comes to offer their offering before God because they love God. God, I love you. I want to offer this to you. You know what God said? You all know the story. Put your offering there. Put your offering there. It's not about offering. God said it's not about offering. Now go and reconcile with your brother. Then come. The Bible says that person went reconciled him again. See, that is what is important. We are missing the point. We are missing the point. Okay? Finally, I also feel there are parents who are worried about your children. That's frustrating you. That's like, like oh. God is in control. Right? He is going to help you through this patience. Show patience to them. Show the fruit of patience to them. Show love to them. Pray with them. Pray for them constantly. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.